The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to this special edition of the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. I am so happy to have this show. We were trying to book this show last week, and due to technical difficulties, it just uh, we just couldn't make it work. But here we are today. We have special permission, and we're just sliding right under the radar. My guest is coming to us from the uh, gun convention in Las Vegas called the SHOT Show. And so we want to get this uh, special edition in before the convention starts. It's starting tomorrow for, I think, about a week. And uh, we'll get that underway. Um, if you uh, are just tuning in and you happen to have missed last week's show, that was a good one, too. Um, I had straight gun talk with my guests, Craig Deleuze and Wesley Morris, and we were talking about the changing gun ownership uh, regulations and AB 1014, where they can seize your gun without due process. Uh, We also talked about how the media skews gun death stats for the purpose of basically infringing on your constitutional rights. So, um, you know, people keep asking me, why are, you, why are you talking about this subject? Why are you talking about this subject? It's not so much, um, it's not so much uh, with guns and gun ownerships. Um, you know, the, the original reason that our forefathers had for the Second Amendment is in the event that government gets uh, too out of control and too big, um, this Second Amendment gives citizens the right to bear arms and uh, to prevent tyranny and, uh, you know, protect themselves and rescue the nation against a governmental takeover or people who are at the top uh, running the, the strings, uh, you know, their, their takeover. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and more. I'd like to uh, welcome Rob Adams, who is a Second Amendment expert. He comes on our show today. He owns two gun stores and is president of Sacramento Black Rifle and Sparks Black Rifle. Um, that's in Northern California as well as in uh, near uh, Reno, Nevada. He's the vice president of the California Association of Federal Firearms Licensees. Um, welcome, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining our show. All right. So, um, yeah, oh, here it is. The SHOT Show uh, is uh, January 19 through the 22nd. It's uh, at the Sands Expo Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. So, um, all right. So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about why I personally am into guns. My next-door neighbor was a sheriff, and one day he says, oh, you know, why don't we, like, go shooting and so forth. And, of course, we uh, go into his unit, and he has this humongous artillery (laughs) cabinet. You know, it kind of looks like a safe at a bank almost. I mean, it was, like, six feet tall, four feet wide, maybe be three feet deep and it was just chock full of everything you can think of from firearms to ammunition and what have you and my boyfriend at the time also owned three guns and the three of us you know went off to the range and that's how this whole thing got started and um, I was asked to go back with the sheriff again the following week which I did, and he goes, Linda, I can't shoot with you anymore. And I said, well, why not? And he goes, you're making me look bad. You're, you know, you're a newbie, but, you know, you're really good. And so <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard this before. 
um, that apparently women are better shots than men. And one of the things the sheriff told me is that a lot of women, they will hold the gun straight, meaning parallel to the ground. They will put their finger on the trigger and gently squeeze the trigger with like precision and stableness, which is what you want to be able to hit your mark. A lot of gu- a lot of guys kind of do the opposite of that. They're into the whole macho effect, and they're going bam, 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 and it and the uh, barrel of the firearm is now not level to the ground, which you know obviously they're not going to hit their target that way. So anyway, that's how the love of guns got started. I know that that the women who are into guns today are into guns for a whole nother reason than for the fun of it or the sport of it. But that's kind of how my story got started. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I had a lot of people give me um, topic suggestions for today. You know, you know, get the women on board. And they should be calling in. They should be going on your show and so on and so forth. And I, and I, I was a little reluctant. I might do that show later on, maybe a few months down the line. But I was a re- little bit reluctant to do it today because a lot of women are going to the firing range and they are getting guns but it's mainly for personal protection that they have a psycho boyfriend or they're afraid of getting raped so basically it's to protect themselves against men perpetrators so it's it's for a whole different reason than the sport of you know owning a gun so I mean I understand their plight and you know whatever you have to do to protect yourself I mean I guess I get it but um you know, there's a lot of vigilante women at gun owners out there, I guess. Any thoughts on that, Rob? Have you seen that in your stores? Well, we've seen, a, 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 I mean, pretty big part of the market share going towards, you know, marketed towards females. And I think, um, you know, we're probably up 25, 30% within the last few years of, you know, females purchasing firearms, purchasing, you know, garments that can carry their firearms. Um, and just getting, you know, engaged in the conversation of firearms. And then you're also seeing a lot of people that are starting to, or females in general, starting to get into the competition aspect of it and just, frankly, taking classes and being more prepared, I guess, and uh, more educated in firearms in general. Got it. Awesome. All right, so I wanted to hop in on an issue that's very near and dear to you. In fact, you were mentioning to me that um, you did a Fox News broadcast and that particular YouTube video, YouTube clip, brought in about 3 million views. And I will also post that clip at the end of the show um, for everyone to see. So uh, right after the break, we're going to talk about that controversial clip uh, on bullet buns. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. You're welcome to call in 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532, or you can use my new Skype feature. Uh, call it, Skype is a free call, um, and my handle is Linda Gross 1490, Linda Gross 1490 same call letters as a station all right we're gonna check you back uh, check back with you uh, just after the break and we'll talk we'll dive into this bullet button issue You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Tackle relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back. Realize the benefits now. 
Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's www.themensadvocate.com slash coaching. Do you have a business or are you thinking about starting one? Do you have contracts, leases, and other documents that need legal review to ensure you are protected? If so, contact the law offices of Michael W. Brown for assistance. With over 20 years experience advising clients on business matters, they provide practical legal advice to help you succeed. Their goal is to give the right answer for you, not just the legal answer. Initial consultations are always free. Visit mwb-law.net or call 949 949- 636-8128 That's the law offices of Michael W. Brown 949-636-8128 The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross We will be discussing men's issues Dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights and more She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book Mastering Women too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with the Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross, on KMET 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome, everybody. This is the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We're talking about guns today, the right to, co- to bear arms. All right. Uh, Brett, can you kindly cue one, please? Guns, where the Remingtons are glocks. Come on, man. It ain't like I'm swinging on As long as I'm alive and breathing And I'm still breathing You won't take my guns No, you can take them from me When you take it from my grandpa and my daddy All right, if you've just joined us, please call us and talk to uh, our guest, Rob Adams, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. The song was talking about Glocks. I, I know uh, right, right at the break, uh, Rob, you were talking a little bit about it, too, if you want to say a couple of words about it. I love Justin Moore. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> Any comments on Glocks? Locks are awesome. It's what I carry daily. Carry a Glock 19. It never leaves my side. All right. There you have it. All right. Right before the break, we were talking about the controversial issue about the bullet bun button. What is your position on it, and why is it so controversial in the news right now? Well, I think just misinformation about what the bullet button does, and uh, I think that was the biggest hot button for me on my video, and I think that my the viewers, you know, they took it to a whole new level. Level. They shared that video. I don't even know how many times. Now it got over three and a half million views uh, within a short period of time. And I think people are just fed up with the misinformation that's running rampant through, you know, the media outlets, our politicians, people discussing firearms that have no education or base to do so. So I think that's what people got all, you know, riled up over the video. It sure made me upset when I watched Fox News. Um, and Garrett on uh, on Fox and Friends, I want to say it was, and uh, completely misspeaking about what the bullet button is designed for and what it does. Um, he was misinformed and said that it turned the rifle into a semi-automatic, or if you push the button, it turned it into, you know, fully automatic, which was completely off base. Right, and you can actually use either a tool or your act, one of your actual loose bullets to disengage the uh, the magazine. Is that how it works? That is correct. As of uh, as it's written, California state law, 
anything with a detachable magazine in California that actually has a pistol grip uh, needs to have a tool or a device to detach the magazine. And uh, what, what that does uh, on the AR-15 platform, um, a rifle, there was what's called a bullet button. You could use a tool or the tip of a bullet to detach that magazine. So in your estimation, it does not render the gun automatic or an assault uh, weapon? Absolutely not, no. It does so not. Tell, tell our audience why you think that. Well, in, in, for one, on, on a standard AR-15, if, you're, if the viewers aren't familiar with AR-15, I mean, it might be a little bit difficult to understand, but like on any magazine-fed uh, pistol or rifle, there is a release mechanism on that weapon that you would depress and the magazine would fall freely from the gun um, so that you can put another magazine in the, the firearm to basically, you know, feed the... The firearm of its, you know, ammunition. So a magazine would be something that would hold the rounds. You'd put it in the gun, fire the gun until the gun was empty, depress that uh, mechanism, and the magazine would fall free. You put a new magazine in, and you could start firing again. Um, and in California, there's a law, the assault weapons ban, uh, um, that makes that illegal on a rifle. So, um, you know, basically the bullet button makes that where it's not a detachable magazine without a tool. So basically, in a sense, it's making that firearm harder to reload um, and not as quickly as um, you would be able to do without, without that. Got it. All right. There's a lot of uh, issues that are coming before the uh, Senate and the Assembly. Um, I, I think, Rob, you mentioned at the break uh, that there are about two or three different bills that you want to talk about. Um, you mentioned that there's a Senate bill number 880. Why don't we talk a little bit about that and what your position on that is? Well, I mean, both of these bills that they're, they're bringing, you know, before the people and I, I guess legislators in all their wisdom, uh, these are things that have already been banned in California and they're going to do nothing to curb any type of violent crime or, you know, banning criminals from being who they are. They're criminals. They don't care about laws. Uh, the, the only thing that this is going to do is, you know, cause the taxpayer more more burden, more money, and it's going to hinder law-abiding citizens like myself, my customers, some of your viewers, most of your viewers, from obtaining firearms and or making it more difficult for us law-abiding citizens to um, to enjoy our Second Amendment. So, what is the what is the uh, measure um, entail? The SB eight eighty. What is that? More on the assault assault rifle issue, or you know, there's three of them, and I'm not 100 percent familiar with all three of the bills that that are there. I don't know. I don't want to get caught up in the the, the numbers, numerical yeah. uh, sure. the numbers, but all three of them are paralleling each other, um, and they have very similar verbiage. So each one of these legislators are trying to outdo each other in which bill they can get fat, you know, to the paper and to get signed or get voted into or get more support for. It's like they're trying to make a name for themselves. But if you were to look at the past bills that Governor um, Brown has vetoed, they're very similar in verbiage, word, you know, and basically I think they're just trying to throw anything that they can at the wall to get it to stick. And right. in California, all these measures that, you know, um, and these executive orders that Barack wants to throw around, we already have all those in California. California has the strictest gun laws in the nation, and it does nothing to curb violence whatsoever. It's not even helping. Like I said before, criminals are going to be criminals. They are who, who they are, and they do what they do. They're criminals. They care. They don't care about laws. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They're going to get their firearms however way that they're going to obtain those firearms. They're going to break into my house and steal one. They're going to break into my shop and steal them. They're going to strong alarm rob somebody. It doesn't matter. They're going to break the law, and they're going to get their firearms. What these bills are going to do is make it even that much more difficult, which it already is extremely difficult, to purchase a firearm in California. So it's just a tactic to divert our attention, would you say, Rob? I don't know if it's a tactic or not, but it's going to end up being a tax on, I'm sure it's somehow sure. it's going to tie money to it and, and it's going to just make it more difficult. All right. 
Okay, Rob, uh, if uh, you're ready, I have a call from uh, West Virginia. I think Frank is on the line. Frank, uh, good evening. Yep. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for joining us. I forget I'm three hours ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, I, so I do you have a question part, or comment re regarding guns or comment uh, to, to our guest, Rob? Well, my, my personal opinion is I'd rather have one and not need it than need one and not have it. And the other is, you know, these, these are cliches that I keep, that I hear, but they make a lot of sense and they're absolutely true, is that uh, if you, the only people that have a problem with uh, gun laws are the law-abiding citizens, because if you make laws against being able to purchase a weapon or if you make it harder to own a weapon, then the only people that will not have weapons are the law-abiding citizens, because thieves, crooks, criminals of all natures, if they want a gun of any nature, whether it be a handgun or whether it be a rifle or a shotgun, if they want an automatic weapon, they will find a way to get it. They don't go through the normal channels that you and I would go through. Right. So do you think the, the media and the powers that be are um, reporting a disproportional amount of threats or danger to the citizens than what is actually there? Oh, to, ca to cause there's, a scare and to possibly to cause, um, you know, constitutional loopholes that they can take our rights away, which is what happened with 9-11. Uh, you know, they use that clause, that little-known clause in the Constitution that says, in the event of an emergency, an emergency state, um, you know, these sections of the Constitution are no longer valid and the government can just do whatever they want. So I think that the Second Amendment kind of falls in this uh, category as well, that some of the stats and some of the media production is going into overdrive when really the threats aren't as severe as what they're saying. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that, is that a lot of it's being hyped up uh, there are actually, I, I've not seen anybody crying for an outlaw or ban, banning of hammers. I don't see them trying to outlaw or ban automobiles. I don't see them trying to outlaw or ban uh, uh, knives. And there are more deaths uh, annually and daily from hammers, guns, and knives than in, individually than there are by handguns. Because the hammers, the, the cars, and knives, I said guns a minute ago, I did not mean to. But the uh, cars, uh, knives, and hammers kill more people with people handling them because they themselves cannot kill anyone, as a gun cannot just kill somebody. I know, I left mine out on the front porch there for about three <laughs> days, and it didn't kill anybody. So, you know, I thought maybe it was defective. But really, uh, <laughs> well, that, funny. Uh, according to the news media, my gun kills people. And it didn't well, I, think, I think a couple things, too. You know, they're focusing on rifles. And I, if, if my acts are correct, I think it's less than 1% of all violent crimes are committed with a rifle. And that's what they seem to be focusing on right now, these military-style rifles. Oh, my God, these black guns. These assault weapons, they do this, they do that, you know, and I think it's less than 1% of all violent crime is ever committed with a, a rifle. So it doesn't make any sense. If they really wanted to curb, you know, violent crime, they would really go after the hardened criminals and they'd come, they'd quit bothering us soft targets. Um, and us soft targets, what I mean by that is we're law-abiding. You know, we're going to follow the law. You know, if it's written in the law that they want to take away these guns, 99% of us will probably follow the law. Um, the criminals aren't, they're not going to follow any of these laws. It doesn't matter. It has well, no I, I have one thing, I have one response to that. And first off, the Second Amendment, amendment is my gun permit, period. Second, if they want it, there's a Latin phrase called Molan Lobby. I'm going to get them because they're not going <laughs> to take them from me. Not unless I'm to, not while I'm alive. I have to be careful how I word that. Being in the industry that I'm at, they'll come and take my licenses. I'm almost positive, but okay, I, I, see, I don't have that problem. I, I understand what you're saying, but my my opinion is that uh, I have a right that is was placed in the Second Amendment that was is the Second Amendment 
which was placed in the Bill of Rights for a purpose, and that was to prevent tyranny. That was so that the normal citizen could stand up against government that would attempt to curb or control the citizenry. That's why we had a revolution in the 1700s, and that's why we've usually fought for other people, because we were attempting or trying to prevent tyranny from occurring to other people. Freedom is not when you have to listen or be told what to do. I have a right to choose how I want to live. I have a right to choose with whom I want to live, and I have a right to choose what I want to keep in my house, whether it be one gun, whether it be 50 guns. There is nothing that should ever curb my rights to own any property that I want to keep. I agree with you there, um, Frank. And uh, you know, people keep asking me why am why am I talking about guns? Why why am I on this issue? And I think we are in a state of pre tyranny. I really do. Not just with the gun issue, but next week's show I'm going to have on food. Um, you know how they are tainting our food to uh, make us less virile and less bright and less uh, aware of what's going on. They're you know they're drugging us with the food and the additives and the pesticides and the hormones and the 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 uh, the hormone disruptors and all these different agents that are you know they're basically poisoning our minds poisoning our food and you know if you take away the citizens ability to attack um, those few people who are in charge and get our country back I don't know what kind of uh, state of emergency we're going to be in it's going to be pretty ugly well I'm a former police officer and I've worked with many guys, and I know a lot of people that are still in law enforcement. And most of the men that I know, and women, uh, agree with me that if someone orders them to go after normal citizens and law-abiding citizens to take their weaponry away, uh, they will refuse to execute any unconstitutional law that violates the, uh, the uh, Bill of Rights. Hmm. I wonder if all uh, law officers are doing that, though. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem to be that way. Well, the unions have a big big play on that. I mean, a lot of these guys' pensions and things are tied up here in California, PERS and things of that nature. But the unions play in a, a huge, huge, huge support group for anti-gun rhetoric. Uh, these police unions in California. But he, he's correct. There's a lot of law enforcement uh, agencies, officers, and deputies that. Uh, I've heard the same sentiment from so. I love hearing that because I've seen a lot of reports for um, unlawful detainers, unlawful arrests, you know, without cause. Um, no, and you know, so I'm, I'm Frank. I'm I'm loving hearing that that there are some that do stand up for the rights. I, I have many friends here uh, that I associate with on a regular basis, and they've all agreed with that that they would refuse. Uh, they would not worry about giving up pensions. They would not worry about their careers. Uh, if it came down to the fact that they had the, the choice between taking uh, firearms away from law-abiding citizens and keeping their job, uh, they would lose their jobs. They would turn against it. Right. But well, there's, there's unity in numbers, so if they all stick together, that's, that's a good thing. If all the law enforcement agents are saying the same thing and doing the same thing, it's, you know, there's strength in that. So I hope that does keep up. Well, that and uh, these, uh, there are so many things that are written into our Constitution that state that even the police, law enforcement nor the military are allowed to do. And so if they are ordered to do them, it's in violation of our Constitution. They have a, a, a law that's called the Posse Comitatus, which means that the uh, uh, military cannot enforce laws on the, in the states or when they, in, within the borders of the United States. They're not allowed to. It is, mm -hmm. All the law enforcement is restricted to your local and state and county and uh, municipal uh, law enforcement uh, programs. Gotcha. All right, if you've just joined our program, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Write down this number, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. Rob and I are looking forward to your questions or comments, and we're going to see you right back after the break. We're going to talk about executive orders. 
What's your life like right now? Do you ever wish it could change? I have news for you. It can. Blue Dragon University has easy-to-use digital blueprints that lead to instant results. Improve your weight loss goals, intelligence, career, and relationships quickly. Our simple proven techniques at Blue Dragon University will cognitively help you perform better. Blue Dragon has the key. Check us out at BlueDragonENT.com. That's BlueDragonENT.com. Let's boost your life today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hi guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. We're, we're happy to have you here. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Uh, Brett, would you kindly cue two, please? Oh, Saturday night special is an easy thing to find. All you got to be is 21 or 15 if you like. Just can't demand the money and someone's got to die. Broker in the pawn shop won't even blink an eye. Okay. All right. Welcome back. We uh, Just before the break, we're going to talk about executive orders. It was uh, back in the news a couple of days ago with the Republican debate. Um, apparently, you know, this is the last term of office, the last month or so, the home stretch before the exiting president. And oftentimes, presidents will sign orders or do pardons or do very controversial things because who cares? There's no reprimand. Uh, you know, nothing bad is going to happen to them because they're already on their way out. So he is signing into effect uh, some gun laws, some restrictive gun laws uh, just before he leaves. So anyway, the Republican Party climbed all over him saying, you know, you're you're uh, bypassing um, how it's supposed to work. You know, it's supposed to, these measures are supposed to go through the legislature and you should be doing it the right way rather than being sneaky about it and pulling the executive order card at the last minute um, without reprimand or any scrutiny. Um, Frank, you said you had a comment on that? I've got opinions on it. Uh, First off, executive orders are not designed to make law. The only people that can make law is is Congress. That has to go through the House of Representatives and the Senate, and it has to go before the president for signature. If a law is to be passed, it can't be just written out on paper. Just because he's got a pen and a phone doesn't mean that he's, he can make law. It is, he's, it is clearly stipulated in the Articles of the uh, Confederation and in the, uh, with the Constitution that he cannot make law. He is not allowed to. Now, the executive orders were designed for management uh, ability so that he could help direct different departments that was under his purview. 
but not to make law and not to uh, stipulate that the American people could or could not do something. Right. Rob, do you have any thoughts on uh, uh, Obama's executive orders? I think it's a it's a complete overreach for for sure, hundred um, percent. I really don't have I have my opinions. Um, I really don't have a comment on it. I just think that it's a complete overreach, and and uh, he's going about it all the wrong way. It's his personal agenda, and he's throwing a tinter tantrum. So uh, he's just not getting his way. So he thinks he's going to bully everybody this way. Gotcha. All right, let's move on to the, the next topic, which is uh, smart gun technology. Uh, Rob, tell us what you know about smart guns and why are they so in the news today? <laughs> smart gun technology. I think, if my data is correct also on this, three gun manufacturers in the past have tried to do this and went bankrupt um, trying to make this technology come to fruition. But um, it, it's it's such a long shot. It's It's... The moment that the military puts it on their firearms, then maybe we'll take a look at it. You know, maybe the Secret Service could put it on their firearms as well, and we'll uh, we'll take a look at that also. Gotcha. All right, Frank, I'm going to bid uh, adieu to you. Thank you so much for being on board, and we'll catch you again next time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so the lines are clear now. If you want to uh, hop on, 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532. So this smart gun technology, it has um, RFID chips, uh, you know, like uh, maybe fingerprint recognition or some sort of magnetic ring or a microchip implant that identifies um, the misuse of your firearm. Right. They have all kinds of things like watches that you can put on and the gun won't fire unless the watch is in close proximity. I mean, there's all kinds of craziness that they're dreaming up. Right. So this whole uh, dichotomy of, you know, the right to have guns, right not to have to have guns. Where do you think our weakest link is? Because I know the the risk of death by guns is so small. We talked about that, uh, you know, at length last week. So I wanted to find this week. I wanted to examine where is the weakest link. I mean, is it with um, the agencies? FBI isn't doing their job. They're not doing proper background checks. I know there was a shooting that that recently happened. Normally, there's a 10 day waiting period, and that 10 days is for the FBI in order to do their job to make sure that the uh, applicant has cleared the background check. Well, it turned out that in that incident, um, the 10 days had lapsed. The FBI had not done their job. They, they needed more time or what have you. And um, they needed more time. So anyway, the applicant was able to get his gun and commit a crime when really it was the FBI that fell down on the job, they sh probably should have said some, uh, sent a message back to the gun dealer saying, hey, we need more time or give us an extra three days or whatever. But they didn't do that. So they just didn't respond, didn't take care of the job. And so where are the loopholes? Why, why is stuff like this happening? Well, I'm not 100% I'm not certain that there is a loophole there. That's obviously a, a communication breakdown between the agencies. I have no idea. The, the NICS check and California DOJ's system is pretty thorough. Uh, they have 240 hours to get back to us dealers in California, which is 10 days. And if they do not respond within 10 days with a delay, a deny, uh, or any of those other uh, issues, we release the firearm. And, uh, and where the firearm goes from there, I mean, we're, we're not law enforcement. We're not going to go track down that firearm. Um, obviously, if it comes back at a later date that there is an issue, um, that would be up to the FBI and, and local DOJ or local law enforcement to go get, you know, those firearms or track those firearms down. The problem is uh, California, at my last uh, meeting that we, we've held, there's something like 20,000 prohibited people right now with firearms in California and the DOJ is doing absolutely nothing to go grab those guns um, from those prohibited persons. And uh, in my opinion, um, like I said, there's what's a hard target, which would be your criminal, your gangster, your people that aren't supposed to have them, non-law-abiding citizens, and then there's your, your soft target, which are you know law-abiding citizens that may have had a DUI or some kind of domestic violence 
um, background or, or some other issue that aren't out committing crimes or that may have, you know, slipped through the cracks of that nature. And they're going after people like that instead of actually focusing on the criminals at hand. Um, but as in as far as people going through a background check and skating the system and then getting a firearm, we, we don't see that. I, we that doesn't happen at my store. We sell thousands of firearms per year. I've never had a single firearm traced back to my dealership that was used in a violent crime. Uh, usually a, a, when the ATF or DOJ calls us to do a trace on a firearm, it's usually a stolen firearm. Um, or actually we've seen this more, and I'm not calling out law enforcement, but we've seen misplacement of firearms with with officers um, where either a car got broken into and a firearm was stolen out of their own vehicle. Um, we've seen those traces, and, and mainly home burglary. But the eight years that I've been doing this and the thousands of firearms that I sell yearly out of one of my locations, uh, I've never had one traced back uh, via violent crime. So with regard to the background check, you as a gun dealer, if you haven't heard anything from the DOJ uh, within that 10-day period, you go ahead and release the firearm, right, to the applicant? That is, that is correct. So what happens after that? You know, it's you know not your problem. Basically, it's their problem. So that's what I'm saying. Should more resources or more funding go into that that area of the law where that tightens up the gap for any uh, potential misuse? Well, I, I don't know how much more funding they're going to need. Uh, you know, the attorney general, in all their wisdom here in California, has already uh, robbed the Droz fund. Um, so basically, in California, when you when you buy a firearm. One, you go into the dealer, you pick out a firearm of your, your liking, um, you start paperwork on it. One, if you don't have a, you know, a handgun safety certificate or a handgun safety you know, certificate or rifle certificate, whatever, um, you have to take a test, obviously pass the test. Then we proceed to the next of uh, the purchase of the firearm. When you do that, you purchase the firearm, you have your tax and whatnot. Then you have a $25 fee, and that goes to the state of California for your background. And they're getting $25 out of every one of us to do a background on us. And, and that contributes to millions and millions of dollars. Now, that $25 was never supposed to be spent on or robbed in, in the sense that they took the money for enforcement. It was for educational purposes, and they're using it to enforce um, you know, law enforcement upon, you know, on law-abiding citizens, going out and tracking these people down instead of using it um, for what it was intended to. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, where all the money is going. I'd like to see it broken down um, and where they're allocating that $25 per uh, customer that purchased the firearm. But I know for a fact that it's not going into the proper, you know, areas that they say that it is. It's not going into education because it's, nobody's getting educated. They're using that money to, you know, to use against us and combat us and use it to, you know, push their agenda in California. Gotcha. All right, Rob, we have a caller on the line from Sacramento, California. Brett, are you on with us? Yes, I am. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I was calling to come make two quick points. I want to say hi to Rob. And uh, I want to make two points. We're talking about California legislation and lawmaking. Um, well, my pet peeves about guns in California is these lawmakers in California, who are basically lawyers, um, they're attacking the California gun industry. And they don't realize how much it takes away our tax base, creates jobs. But these are just people who are elected to office, and they're just looking for a pet project to put their signature on to justify their, um, their existence, they, uh, justify their jobs, laws that go nowhere. And Rob's touched on that. My, my other point is, and it's something that no one talks about is, in my opinion, the state of California, the DUI laws are lax and weak. Um, why don't they really focus their time, attention, and, and resources on the DUI laws? More people are killed every week because of drunk driving, injured or, or killed in drunk driving, than gun issues. Why don't they, if they really want to save lives, refocus their efforts, get people from stop drinking and driving in our state, any state? Well, I think I think the powers that be have an agenda. You know, with drunk driving. That's not a threat to the Constitution, whereas Second Amendment is. Understood. So basically, they want to take away our rights. That uh, that's that's the biggest difference. I, I understand they do that, but it's just to me, I have politicians that are making big paychecks that are just wasting their time attacking my my rights, and I'd like to see them refocus 
on something that's viable and realistic instead of wasting their time and attacking our rights. I want to refocus their attention. Well, if they would refocus their attention on actually not plea bargaining every person that uses a firearm in a crime and give them the sentences that are written in the law instead of plea bargaining them down to misdemeanors or you know, time served as they were arrested that evening that they committed their crime, we would have probably less, uh, you know, less people committing crimes if they were actually being punished for the crime that they have done. But as we see, you know, Prop yep. 47, it is now a misdemeanor to steal a firearm um, if it is under $1,000. I mean, that's just crazy. You can break into somebody's house. You can steal a firearm. You can break into somebody's car. Uh, you could come into my shop and walk out with one, and if it doesn't tally to $1,000, you've only committed a misdemeanor. Yeah. How does that make any sense in California? It doesn't. Yeah, I like my point is I, just, I think our lawmakers are just going to refocus instead of making useless laws we don't need. Justify your job somewhere else. So those are my two points. I want to call real quick. I'll let you guys go. Thank you. Thank you, Brett, for calling. I appreciate it. All right, Rob, so as a gun owner, owner, I mean, let's go with the premise that there are too many deaths by guns. I mean, you know, even one death is one death too many. So what can we do to shore uh, up this, this loophole, shore up, uh, you know, the, the, the mess that we've created? What, I mean, what obviously mess, what with, the, with, the Senate, with, with the Senate and the assembly bills and all that kind of stuff, is, I, I, seem, I, I think that they're going in the wrong direction. So you're like, you know, boots on the ground. You've, you're in the field. You're a gun owner. So what, can, what do you see that we can shore up in the system to make it tighter, tighter and more efficient? Listen, as an advocate of firearms, I sell firearms. That is my main source of income. I have two stores. I am not against any type of background checks whatsoever. It's not a background check issue. Um, I think the biggest problem that we have in this gun debate is actually debating uh, with facts. If it, I, I'm, I'm all for one. Anybody can call me and debate me if they want to debate. Let's debate with facts. Not feel good, but bring a honest discussion to the table, and let's deal with facts. Let's deal with mental health, right? Uh, I think mental health has a huge part to play in this. Uh, there are a lot of people that are walking around in society that are, that are not fit to be in public. They're not fit for firearms. I agree with that, and I think most people do that are in the industry. We're not against background checks. We are against them, politicians, when I say them, or lawmakers, and whoever, the, the real hardcore left that wants to strip everybody of their rights, let's focus on what is important. Let's keep the hands out of the mentally unstable, and let's keep the hands out of criminals. How are we going to do that? We're going to enforce the laws that are on the books. There's no reason to actually make more laws that the criminals aren't going to follow for one, and two, that the courts are not going to uphold. It's not going to work. So I think that we have a mental health issue. I think that's where a lot of it stems. If you look at all the mass I, shootings. I thoroughly agree with you. I think a lot of it does stem from mental health issues. At the moment, I think the laws are not written that way, though. The, the, the applicant does not need to undergo a mental evaluation. And I think and I that's wrong. I don't think, I don't think anybody needs to go through a mental evaluation. I mean, I don't think that your doctor's records, and when you're purchasing a vehicle, yeah. Right. If you're purchasing a 3,500 pound vehicle, do you think that you should have to go to your doctor and get an clearance before you go down to Toyota and buy a Camry? No, that sounds stupid. That's ridiculous. And the same thing goes for, for that. Driving is a privilege, right? Firearm ownership is my God-given right. It's a protected right that I was born with. It's not a privilege. And it needs to be taken. They need to take a look at this, and they really need to stop attacking the Second Amendment. They need to stop attacking the citizens for one. I've carried a firearm every single day for 10 years. I've never wanted to use that firearm against anybody else. I use that firearm to make myself feel safer against the evil that is in this world, right? Protects me, my family, and it's my right to carry that firearm daily. I've never, ever thought about using that firearm to do ill on anyone ever and i don't think that mental health having some kind of doctor's note that says i'm fit to purchase a firearm you know if that's the case then 
maybe our legislators need to go to the doctor to see if they're fit to, to legislate. I mean, it's <laughs> how crazy that sounds, right? I like right? that, yeah. I mean, let's think about this. Let's be honest. The mental health, we know that there's mental health patients out there. We take them. You know, I have a lot of friends that are in EMS. They're taking them to the emergency rooms, right? Emergency room is kicking them out because they don't have room for them. There's no real evaluation for these people. Um, and it, it starts with that. And another thing, too, education, right? There's a lot that could be said for education. You don't see education in schools. It's hard to find a hunter safety course in, in the city where I live. I have a friend that wants to actually take up hunting, and I don't know anywhere to direct him. Either the classes are too small or they only hold 10 people. There is no educational piece to this. So it's people like me in the firearms industry that we educate. We hold a university class that's free of charge every month in my store after hours, and we educate people on, you know, on the issues at hand, you know, firearm ownership, safety, et cetera. Do you think that I agree with you on education as well? At the moment, that's not part of the law either. Uh, there is no aptitude uh, test that you have to take or or performance uh, you know test that you have to take of any kind in order to get sure. a driver's license. Look, you have to read through the materials. You have to pass a written test, and then you have to pass a that's, physical test. That's not true. In so, California, we have that. You have to take a test before you can buy any firearm. You have to have a certificate in your hand to purchase. We can't even enter it. We can't even sell you a firearm and start your background test without your safety certificate. We cannot enter your your information in the system without that number that California DOJ gives us. Okay, and the safety test is written or or, or it's physical. A, it's a multiple question test. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining our show. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We postponed this topic from last week because of the gun show, um, because of the trade show in, in Vegas. But anyway, we're going to tackle it next week from the chilling documentary. Next week, we're going to talk about the eradication of men, how they are systematically poisoning your food and your mind to render you obsolete. Also in segment two next week, we're going to have author Kevin Glynn. So we thank my guest today, Rob Adams. He's with um, the Sacramento Black Rifle. And we'll see you at our regular time this week, Wednesday, 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much, everybody. See you next time.